0: So t- today's share is about what happened on Asar Betevis and why is it important. Uh, it's interesting because there's, there's a machlekas in the Gemara, why we have a fast on Asar Because uh, two things happened on Asar Betevis, both of which were kind of the same thing. And uh, we'll learn about both of them over here in the Pesukim. And it's just very interesting why... You, one Tana, what's ribi, which one is more important? That's a fascinating thing. Now, what's, before we get into this, we all know that the reason that we have a fast in Asarba Teves is because it was the beginning of the carbon, and we'll see exactly how it was the beginning of the carbon. But the truth is, Asarba Teves is kind of unique because there's also two other events that happened in Teves one happened on Test Teves and one happened on Ches Teves. Uh Teves, Ezra HaSefer passed away, and Nehemia uh, passed away, and on Ches Tavis was the day that the Greek king forced seventy of the Zakenim, the Chachamim, and Klal Yisrael to um, to translate the Torah into Greek. And instead of having a three day fast, which would have been kind of difficult, so they just combined everything into Asar B'tavis. That's unique about Asar B'tavis. All the other fasts are, you know, one one reason, and that's it or different things happened on the same day. But this is combining different days of the month all into one day, which is interesting. What's also interesting about it is because um, the three different things seem don't seem to be related. In other words, Asarbatevis is when the Harba began. Uh, Test is when Ezra HaSeifer passed away, which is itself an interesting thing because we don't have fast days when Moshe Rabbeinu fast, passed away. We don't have fast days when the other great people of Kali Yisrael passed away. And uh, Chas was when they translated uh, the tyrant into Greek So why, why group all these together? So this is, Asar Bateves is an interesting kind of fast But let's see first what we know about Asar Bateves from Tanakh And it'll give us a bigger insight in why it's such an important fast So in Malachim, that's the first source here Malachim Beis, Perk Hafei, It's all the way to the end of Sefer Malachim Sefer Malachim ends with the base Beis and Mikdash. So it says Bahibish had Shiaslamal Kha in this ninth year of his reign. So this refers to the reign of Titki Oh who was the king at the time of the Kharbon. So at the ninth year of his reign, Ba Khaidush Hassiri in the tenth month, Ba'asr al-Khaidish, so the tenth month is Teves, Baasul Khaidish on the tenth day of the month, the Sarba Tevis. Ba'n Bukad Natar Malhbabel, who will call Khalah so Muchad Nasser came, him and his whole army, Ayyus Alim. The Yuknullaha and they camped around it. Bahibnullah do'ak sabiv and they built a um Siege, siege equipment around it. Doyek is different kinds of siege equipment. Whether it means they dug a moat or they built a, a, a hill. They, 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 they set up siege. So the year now, the Yerushalayim went under siege. Until 11 years. to And on the ninth day of that month, which is the Chaydesh Av. Here, actually, it's interesting, it doesn't say which month. Just as Batisha La without telling us which month it was. But well, we know from other sources that it was um that it was Av. So Batisha Luchaidesh ba the hunger became very too powerful in the city. Laho and there was no bread for the nation. So that at that point the defenses fell apart. So they were able to break into the, they breach breached into the city. They, they entered the city through um, the entrance of Ben between the two walls, because it was also typical to make two walls to, to, to defend the city. One wall was like where the defenders stood and then there was a space in between the walls so that even if they breached the first wall, they could still defend the outside wall. So they, they got between the walls. al because the Khasdim, that's the Babylonians, they surrounded the city. And they uh, they went through a different way, a different path called Darach into the city. And the whole army of the of the of the Babylonians chased the king. So now the king managed to escape all the way to Arvaz which is quite a distance from Yerushalayim. Yirecha is pretty far from Yerushalayim. All his protectors, his, uh, ar- his army, his, uh, his, con- his own contingent that protected the king, they had all scattered. They captured the king. They brought him in front of the Nebuchadnezzar, who was in Rivla. And he had strong issues with him, which Chazal explained, we'll get to in a minute. And then they slaughtered his own children in front of his eyes, and they blinded him, and then they, they put him in chains, and he was brought to Babylon and he languished in prison there until Nebuchadnezzar died. So what do we see here? We see that a couple of interesting things, and one being the most important. When did the siege begin? The siege began in Asar B'tebet, But in what year? It began in the ninth year of Tzitkio Amal's reign. When did the siege end? When was Jerusalem finally breached? That was in the eleventh year of his reign. So we're talking Teves of let's say this year till Teves of next year, following year Av. That's thirty months. So the siege of Jerusalem wasn't. We we're like we we tend to think it was like you know from Asar Tevez to Sh- Shavas which is six months. It was 30 months. It was a very long siege. And that's gonna be very interesting, as we'll see in a minute, when we're trying to understand what was the importance of Asar Betevis. This becomes a very important fact. So the siege began on Asar Betevis and lasted for 30 months. And what, just to understand on a practical level, what does a siege mean? A siege was always a waiting game. Because you could have a tremendous army like Nebuchadnezzar, but you have to feed the army. And you have to keep up morale and you have to keep them going while they're waiting around in a siege. And the, depending on how, long, how strong the city's defenses were and how much food and how much supplies they had, they could outweigh the army, right? So if they managed to survive long enough, then the army would just, it just wouldn't be uh, worthwhile anymore. Like, how worthwhile was, how important was it to get Yerushalayim? At some point, the cost kind of piles up to feed an army of a million people, or whatever it was, hundreds of thousands of people and it's just not, it's not uh, fiscally responsible anymore and they would leave. So the length of the siege was very, very relevant. That was, the whole, that was what their plan was. The people in Yerushalayim were hoping to outweigh Nebuchadnezzar. Now we'll see soon that there was even more drama going on over here because the siege was interrupted in middle. It wasn't straight. It was 30 months, but it wasn't consecutive 30 months. He had to leave in the middle. He was attacked by Mitzrayim. He was attacked by Egypt that was supporting Khayr because everybody kind of banded together to try to stop this person who was trying to do world dominion, Nebuchadnezzar. So all the, the neighboring countries kind of got together without too much success. He obliterated all of them. So, we'll see more about that. But first, fact number one, the siege was very long. It was a 30-month siege, two and a half years, starting from Esar till until two years later. Now, the next thing was that uh, when they finally did access the city, so it says that the king, Titkio HaMelech, escaped and he got to Yerichai. How did he get there? You have an army surrounding a whole city, a huge army. How, how did he get out of the city and get to Eureka? How, how is that even possible? So the Rechazal tells us the answer is he had an escape tunnel. He had a personal escape tunnel, Titkio HaMelech, that ran underground all the way to Yerichai. That was miles and miles and miles of tunnel. And that should have been a an uh, uh, you know, ironclad escape plan. He should have gotten away. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want him to get away. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did, Chazal say, they had a deer run on top of the tunnel, and a troop of Babylonians wanted to capture the They went hunting, and they wanted to catch the deer. And, and the moment he stepped out of the tunnel, that was when the deer collided with him, and then they caught him. So it was HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this, we, we learned it from a different Pasuk, I forget now Which what it is, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu spreads a net. Uh, if you're meant to get caught, you're going to get caught. You're not going to escape no matter, no matter what plan you have in place. That was a sad thing, just, you know, when you think of the Holocaust, it was, you know, the Jews that were meant to escape, escaped miraculously, and the Jews that were not meant to escape were captured miraculously. Both ways were Sholek Yudar People had everything going for them that they should escape, they were still found. it wasn't wasn't left up to to chance. So that's what happened. He got caught, and then he was punished by the king. Why did Nebuchadnezzar have such issues with him? I mean, he was an oppressor. No, because Silkyo had originally um, had accepted Nebuchadnezzar's rule, and he had sworn to Nebuchadnezzar that he would not rebel. And he broke his his, uh, oath. He broke his oath because he got the Sanhedrin to the matter his they, he got them to annul his his oath. Um, and Nebuchadnezzar wasn't pleased with his reasoning, his logic. Uh, and he, he actually had a very good point in Nebuchadnezzar Tsukyo was actually wrong, it was a Khila Hashem. And the whole Sanhedrin got punished as a result. That's the Chazal tell us. They they were it's not mentioned in this Basik and different sukim, they were they were punished quite severely by the they were put to death in a in a in a cruel way. Because it was a Chil HaShem. Because even if there was a halachic basis to annul such an oath, uh, but not in this context. Not in the context when it was made publicly and made in the presence of a king. That was not justified. So, that was, he debrided mishpat and he punished him. Interestingly, he did not put him to death. And Tzadkio actually outlived Nebuchadnezzar, which was... Th- which was, uh, the Navi tells him, the Navi tells him that a Barfu repaid him for some of the good deeds he did. That he died in peace, even though he was put, his kids were killed in front of him and he was blinded, but the fact that he got to see his oppressor die, and then he was let out of prison and he died in, in peace, that was a schar of sorts. Okay, so so far we know Asar batavis was the beginning of the siege. We, knew it ta- we know it, takes, it took 30 months. Now, let's see a little bit more. In Yecheskel. There are a few Nevi'im that were operating at this time. Yecheskel was one navi. He was in Babel though. Yecheskel had already gone in Galus previously, before this time. Yecheskel had gone in Galus together with Yehoniah HaMelech some eleven years earlier. So he was in Babel. Yirmiyahu Navi was the navi that was in Eretz Yisrael. So there was a navi Yecheskel in Babel and a navi Yirmiyoa in Eretz Yisrael, in Yerushalayim. So Yecheskel says like this: He's in Babel and this is taking place in Eretz Yisrael, right? So it's far away. It's a. It's, it's a a significant trip. So Hashem addressed Hachias. in the ninth year in the tenth month saying Ben Adam Yicheskel is one is unique that he's always addressed as Ben Adam in, uh, when Hashem talks to him. None of the other than the VMR. There's an interesting reason why. The reason is is because Yicheskel is the one who witnessed the Maizam Merkava. So he witnessed the whole uh, entourage, so to speak, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Malachim, the Ifanim, the Kruv, everything we know about, most, most of what we know about the Malachim comes from those Pesukim over there in Yicheskel. Uh, so th- as a result, throughout uh, his Nivu, he's referred to as Ben Adam, so that he should not be too hori, shouldn't be overcome with Gaiva. He should realize he's a human. The Rashi says for one of the first Rashi's in Yicheskel. So Ben Adam, Ksav Lucha Hashem HaYoyim, write down the name of this day. That's Etzem had said. this specific day. And uh, this is a very important fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu stressed that something's very specific about the day of Aserah You have to write it down. Some of Melech Babel Yisholayim, Malch Babel Surrounded you they repeat he it again on this specific day. Umishoyel al and give a mashal to the, Be'is Hameri means Kla Yisrael who are being, um, they're being rebellious. Mashal, tell them uh, this, this mashal, is parable Put the pot up. Put it up on the fire and pour in water. Gather the pieces of meat into it. Every good cut of meat. The, the the hip the kaseif and the shoulder the best choices of of cuts fill it up take the best sheep and put the wood under it cook it up and the passage continues to go to say that the fire will burn and burn out everything inside it and the rashi explains well, explain that kli had a lot of faith in the walls of yerushalayim. They thought that they would win this waiting game. They thought they would be able to survive, and we see—we don't know about the first base of mikdash, but in the second base of mikdash, it's very clearly spelled out that Klal had plenty of supplies. They were very, very wealthy, and they had enough to survive. And by the second base of mikdash, they had enough to survive 21 years in under siege. Now, 21 years under siege to fill a whole city, to feed a whole city, is a mind-boggling amount of food. And they had enough, that means 21, there's no, no army that can stand 21 years of a siege, it would never have happened. So they were very confident, so they weren't very scared when the siege was laid. And as a result, no one was listening to the Nevi'im. There were also Nevi'eh HaShaker who were saying, don't worry, we'll win, we'll, we'll trump and we'll, we'll triumph, and, and they'll, they'll leave and they'll scatter from us. So they had this confusion of the Naveya HaShaker talking, and no one was really taking it to heart. Because they thought, no big deal. We've seen, we've done this, and we've done this before. We'll we'll, we'll get through it, and that's what Hashem was giving them a mashal. You put food on the fire. You think that the pot will protect the food, and it'll cook, and it'll, it'll just get better. But Hashem ends the mushroom with saying that's not what's going to happen over here. The pot is not going to success, successfully protect the water and the meat. It's going to get burnt, and then there will be no differentiation between how good a piece of meat it is or how bad a piece of meat it is. It's going to be scattered all over the place. Everybody will just take it, which was a reference to what happened once they got captured. They didn't care if you were a nobleman. They didn't care if you were a slave. They took everybody into Gauls equally. So then, the part of am skipping. That's what I just said, and then Pasik Chafei it says, "Va'Ata Ben Adam and You Ben Adam Haloi Bi'Yom Kachti Mehem Es Ma'uzam." The day that I take away from them their strength, the thing that, that the, the the beautiful thing that makes them happy, which is talking about the Beis Hamikdash, as what's the, the the apple of their eyes, as masa and everything that they get gotten in their lives and their children and their daughters, on that day yavo the person who escapes the destruction of Eshlim is going to be someone who escapes, a single person who escapes the destruction of Eshlim. La Naim, and he's going to tell everybody what happened, the whole process of the siege and all that. And you Pasak Picha, and that day you'll open your mouth. As, the pole will open your mouth you'll speak and you won't be silent anymore, which means that the whole, the whole extent of time of the siege, from when Ichaskel got this nubby, till this pollet showed up, he didn't talk. Iheskel was silent for more than two years, for two and a half years, almost three years, actually. He was silent for three years, Hashem commanded him to do that. neviim had to actually do some kind of very difficult things. If you, um, like Yishai, Cheskel had to eat um, bread mixed with rocks for years, <laughs> uh, just to, make, to bring the point uh, across to Israel because no one was listening. And he didn't speak to Israel for three, these three years, because Hashem said, no one's going to listen to you. And that's what you're demonstrating today. I'm not talking to you because no one's going to listen. And only when they get the message that Yishalayim was destroyed, when this palet comes, and then they see that it actually happened. It's true. And Yichaskel's original navi, when Yichaskel said, Mark down this day, this is when it happened. And then it was, he was, he was um, it, 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 it became clarified when this pollet came. That's when everybody said, Oh my gosh, he was right all along. All along. And we were wrong. All this time, then you can open your mouth and start talking. Then they're going to be ready to hear. In other words, it was only the carbon based Hamikdash that people were ready to start that, that, that shook up people enough that they're ready to start listening and start changing. <coughs> so, my face, and this will be a, a message to them: and they'll know that I'm Hashem. Okay. So now, this fact that it says Etzam Hayamaze, Etzam actually has a halachic significance. The Avudraham, one of the Rishonim. He writes that Asar Betevis is different than any other, any other fast. We know if any other fast falls out on Shabbos, like Shabbat HaTam, Tisha B'av, we push it off to Sunday. He says, would Asar Betevis fall out on Shabbos? You would fast on Shabbos. You would fast on Shabbos because it says, Be'etzam is, that It has to be kept on the day. The other fasts are more about the month. So Tisha B'av, it's the month that's really the, the problem. And uh, the ninth day is when we do it. We could do it on the 10th too, if it's Shabbos. Other months, same thing. Uh, the same Gedalia actually happened on Rosh Hashanah. But we just push it off a day by definition because we don't want to fast on Rosh Hashanah. Um, and as, and is the same thing. It gets pushed off. But Asar B'tavis would if it would fall out on Shabbos, now it doesn't fall out on Shabbos because we've arranged our calendars that that shouldn't happen. But it does fall out on Friday. No other fast falls out on Friday. And Asar B'Tavis does fall out on Friday, and we do fast on Friday, which is unusual. So, so, it's because of this concept of Etsamayem Eze, and many, this is brought down to the Besiyayasif, and it's very strange. They try to understand it. What, what is the significance of the fact that it's is Eze? What's so special about that day? What, why was this such a powerful day? So, we'll see. <clears throat> so, now, the second part, though, is that there was going to be the end of this nevuah was that there's going to be a pulp, There's going to be someone that's going to inform the whole gola's Bavel of the Charbon Beis mikdash. So that's in Paraklamet Gimel. Yicheskel Paraklamet Gimel. In the twelfth year, right? So this is the year following the Charbon. The year following. The Charbon took place in the eleventh year of, of Tzitkiyahu This is the next year. Again in the again in Teves, Ba But this happened on Hei Teves. Not Asarba Teves, Hei Teves, which was uh, Friday, I believe. Uh Pollet, then this pollet showed up. ear the 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 city was was uh, captured. Hashem and Hashem had had told me the night before the Pollet came, he opened my mouth at And then I was able to talk and I wasn't quiet anymore. So the Pollet showed up on He teves. Now, just from a practical vantage point, it's a little hard to understand why it took so long level is not that far away from Eretz Yisrael it's it's miles but it's you know even if you travel by foot it's 7 days 8 days 9 days a month maybe under bad conditions this was many months later this was 5 months later why did it take 5 months for them to get the message I don't know I don't know the answer for that I've seen people talk about it, I don't know exactly what the answer is, but for some reason it took five months till the news got to Babel from Yushalayim that Yushalayim had been captured, and, ha- and they got the news on Chamisha B'teves. And now is a machhoikis between Rabshim and Yechoy and Rabbi Kiva says, We keep Asar B'teves as the fast, and Rabshim and says, No, we keep Chamisha B'teves as the fast, because that's when they heard the news. And the and Yechoy says, My approach makes more sense than Rabbi Kiva's approach. We should be keeping the day we found out, not the day that it happened. Now, obviously, we don't Paskin like and M'Nichoy, we Paskin like Rabbi Akiva, which is that we keep Asar B'tevis. But both these dates had huge significance. And again, it's a fascinating thing about Asara B'tevis that you would think, why is it important the day that they heard about it? It should be more important the day that it happened. But now when you read a little bit in the Necheskel, the day that they heard was the day that some change started to happen in Kalei That was the day that the carbon actually had an effect on them. Till then, they were saying, we're going to win, it's not going to happen, the Nebuchadnezzar Shaker were convincing them it's not going to happen, they had no, um, they had no motivation to change, Yichetzkel wasn't even allowed to talk because there was no one to talk to, and now he was able to start talking and say all the Nebuchadnezzar that he said to Musa to encourage Chal to do tshuva. So the day that they found out, maybe wasn't the day as important as the day of the harbin itself. But it had that importance that the harman actually did something. It accomplished what it was meant to accomplish. was that people should start taking it to heart and do something about it. Okay, so now let's, now let's see a little bit more about the importance of the day of uh, of Asar B'teves. So Medrash T'Chumim P'Rashat Hazriah says like this, V'oyid did a tremendous um, a kindness with Kaj Yisrael mistral liglois the whole the whole attack of Nebuchadnezzar was supposed to be a one day affair he would have laid siege on Asar Batavis, and he would have breached the wall on Asar Batavis, and he would have burnt out the Besamikdash on Asar Batavis. it would have all happened and it was meant to happen which means that Kali had already done enough Averis to justify it happening Kali Israel had already sinned enough they were already beyond hope beyond help and you know with no no um Beyond any, uh, any, any 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 possibility of redemption, all on Asara B'Tevis, but Hashem didn't do it. Why? Shekherin And how do we know that that was the day? Ben Adam Ksavlocha shem Hayem Azeb Beetzem Hayem Azeb. So that means that the reason why Chazak Baruch was making such a stress on the day of Asar B'Tevis is because Asar B'Tevis had everything in it. It had Shavas B'Tamis. It had Tish B'Av, Everything was already potentially in Asara batavis. Everything was meant to happen on that day. That's why that day was so powerful. But Ma'asa HaKadosh Baruch Hu If they're going to go into Golis now, it's freezing. It's the middle of the winter. They're going to die from the cold. And that was more than they deserved. Ma'asa HaKadosh and Hu So he waited and he put them into Golis only in the summer. But wait. It wasn't that summer. It was two and a half years later. So that means once HaKadosh Baruch Hu pushed it off, then Kalei Israel had another chance. And they actually did merit for it to take longer. They did merit, uh, they, had, they had the merit that it should, there should be some deciding going on should the carbon happen. So Asar Batev has changed from the day of total destruction, the day of no hope, no redemption, no nothing, everything to fall apart to a day where the opposite happened. a Baruch who said, let's have some kindness on with Kalam Yisrael, let's give them a chance. And they actually got a chance. And it was given to them, and they, things were reconsidered. They, obviously for enough to last for two and a half years. We'll see some more about that. So much so, let's see what happens here in Meo Yirmiyot, which also was happening during the siege. This was a Nebuah to Shnuvuchad Netzar melech bava v'kol cheloi. Shnuvuchad Netzar and his whole army, v'chol mamalchay es eretz memshalas yaday and all the the nations that were under his control, cholam and So he didn't just come himself; he brought everybody. Everybody who wanted it, who had a who had a beef with Klal were taking part of this siege. I'll call a real They they also laid siege to all the cities of Yehuda. I'm putting <speaking> the city in the hands of Melh Babel and he's gonna burn it in fire. So he was notified that this is the end. Don't think you're getting you're getting out of this alive. It's not happening. Then, a few btukum later, Navi <speaking> So Yirmiyahu Yohanavi went true to his mission and told Tityo all this. And the army of Melech Bavel were laying siege and fighting with all the other cities that remained. And now a fascinating thing happened. Tzidkiyahu started doing tshuva. And the first step in tshuva he did, we're about to see. So Mel and Tzidkiyahu took this to heart. And he gathered all the the noblemen and all the powerful people in Jerusalem, and he made a brist with them, made a covenant with them, lichrei lehem drar that they should set their slaves free. Now they had Jewish slaves; they had eved ivries. Eved ivries: the rule is that you can keep an eved. Someone who sold himself to you because he owed you money, he sold. Maybe he stole from you. All the different situations where someone would be obligated to sell themselves in order to make up for. Uh, for debt, uh, but you had to set him free after six years. You had to set him free, or when Yehovah came, you had to set him free. And they weren't doing it. Once they took these people as their slaves, they were holding on to them. They were effectively stealing them. They were effectively forcing them to work against their will. And this was a big issue. This was a big chait. So he gathered them all together and said, "Let's let's 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 uh, make a covenant. We're going to set them free." A person to send his slave free, and his maidservant, woman, every they should be let free. We shouldn't have one Jew working another Jew as a slave. And all the noblemen listened. And the whole nation who came into this covenant free. They shouldn't work on them, make them work anymore. They listened, and they sent them. But by a shuvu but then they they, uh, they 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 reconsidered, and they regretted it. By a shuvu by shivus havadam as shvachos, and they took them back. They re, they recaptured them, the all the slaves and the and shivchas hashashol who chashim they had sent free. By ichbushim laavadam and they forced them to be slaves and to be shvachos and that. That sealed their fate. So there's a bunch of psukim, Hashem describes how bad it is, and then it says, You didn't listen to me to send these people free, your brothers and your friends? I'm going to set free all the the, the, all the, the, the terrible things that happened in the siege, the sword, um, the famine, and the... Uh, and the, the, the disease. And so what happens to you will cause everybody to tremble. And I'll put Sikyo and his, his noblemen in the hands of their enemies. We had and those who want to kill them. Who had just left the siege. So at this point, the siege had begun and then it stopped because Chal did chuva. They had actually accomplished, something had been accomplished with the siege. They did shuva, they sent away their slaves, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu made Mitzrayim attack Babel, and Babel left the siege. So it, it, there was a chance, there was a, a, an actual redemption that took place. But then they went and they, they reneged on their agreement on this covenant, and they regretted the fact that they did shuva. And they undid the effect of their tshuva. They took, they took back the slaves. I'm going to send them straight back. And they're going to, to war, go to war. And they're going to capture it. And they'll burn it. So this you see very clearly, in a very real way, that HaKadosh Baruch did a kindness with Kalah Yisrael. He didn't allow it to happen in one shot. So it was spread out. So even though Aserah Batevis had all the potential of being a fully destructive day, it was pushed off. Once it was pushed off, Chalai had a chance. They did shuvah. They did shuvah. The siege actually stopped for a little bit. And then as soon as they fell back into the trap, the siege came back, and eventually it fell apart. <coughs> so the, the Gemara says in, in, in uh, Rosh Hashanah that there were Eser Goli, there's a shekhinah. When the Shina left the base, they didn't leave him one shot it went from the Kedesh to the Mizbech, and from Mizbech to the roof, and from the roof to the doorstep. It's like different levels of how the Shechina. And the last place it went, it was to Midbar. It left left shalim and it went to the Midbar Yehuda, to the desert surrounding shalim. And it stayed there, Amr Rabbi Yechanan, Shishu HaKadoshim, Nisakva Shekhinu Yisrael, B'midbar Shem Yachsar B'tshuva. The, the Shechina stood in that Midbar for six months to see if there's a chance that they'll do Tshuva. Now the Shechina leaving... Um, the Shekhinah leaving totally was the real destruction. The Marshal is going to explain, other storm explained that as long as the Shekhinah was in the Beis HaMikdash, it was in Yerushalayim, uh, uh, the, there's a song, Yerushalayim haram Savullah, Vashem Savullah Amai. And that means the same way the, the the mountains around Yerushalayim protect Yerushalayim, they were a very defensible position. Hakar protected Jerusalem. While the Shekhinah was in Shekhinah, there was no way any enemy could, uh, could penetrate. There was no way any enemy could capture it and overcome the city. It was the Shekhinah leaving that made it possible for Nebuchadnezzar to attack the city. So the carbon began, or the real potential for carbon was all contained in the Shekhinah leaving Jerusalem. So it left the Beis HaMikdash, and then it left Jerusalem, and it then it camped out in the Midbar to see before it went to Shemayim, so to speak. It maybe class Shol do tshuva and we do for six months. So the Marsha writes, "Hanivav Chadashem enem Mefurish b'shem Makam Aninu." It's not clear what these six months are. V'neir lefarish demiyoyim shesamach Melech Bavel Risholaim. Starting from the day that Melech Bavel encamped around Risholaim, ha'ne me'asar b'tevis ad tes. This was a. Um, Shavasa until the, the, the 17th day of Tamaz that he broke into the city, heim Khadashim. That's fixed six months. Now we know it was more than six months. It was 30 months. But in the year, it's six months. So, herchika atzma meir And in those six months, the shechina distanced itself from the city to the... Desert, and it's a k for sham. Shame Yasubachuva because maybe they'll do chuva. That's when it's gonna totally. So what's important to understand is like this, that that when uh there, any one of the Tainasin that we have are a a carbon. They're not a beginning of a carbon. They're a full carbon within themselves. We have a fast because something was destroyed on that day. When, when Nebuchadnezzar encamped around um, Yerushalayim, as we learned, that day was essentially the full day of the destruction. Now, Korach Baruch he pushed it off, we did tshuva, we stopped doing tshuva, came back, there was, there was some drama that played out. But essentially the full potential of Chorbin was on that day. And now we understand the full potential of Chorbin was on that day because that's exactly when the Shechina departed Jerusalem. Once the Shechina departed Jerusalem, then it was over for Jerusalem. Jerusalem had no protection anymore. Now, there's, now the Shechina hung out in the desert to see what would happen. And then by Shavas HaTam, the Shechina left totally. Once the Shechina left totally, there was no hope anymore. And that's why Shavas is, is also a day of Chorbin, it wasn't just the day when he broke into Yerushalayim, it was the day that the Shekhinah departed totally. It was a full-blown carbon. T- Tisha B'av is actually the least of all the charbonas. It was just when things kind of played out, what was all potentially going to happen anyway. The first element of carbon was when the Shekhinah left Yerushalayim. That happened on Asar B'Tavis, and that, essentially that was enough to make everything fall apart on one day. Kaj gave us a chance, the Shekhinah hung around. Tisha it was all over. Now that happened six months later, it happened actually 30 months later, things got drawn out. And there was a chance, but then on Shabbat Sibet HaMas was the total, total destruction, meaning the destruction of our connection to the Shekhinah. And that's why it's also a fast day. Again, not just to commemorate a step in the Harbin, it's to commemorating a full Harbin. That was the full Harbin When the Shekhinah totally left, that was a full Harbin, And then Tishabav, B'Av, we, we commemorate the physical destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, which again, was of the least of these three, essentially. Now take a look what the Chassam Seifer says, and this is a scary thing. Sorry? Why isn't it celebrated? After, like, celebrated so, yeah, you mean, why isn't it observed differently? Right, right. Uh, so, it's a good question. It's a good question. But, and things that are physical, we do, the, the physical, come, you know, works together with the physical. So, the Chassam surface says this follows. Hatam He's also coming to explain why is it that there's so much emphasis on the specific day of Asar B'tevis. Etzam hayem like we saw on David Raham, that it has to be that day. He says, the reason why they made a tinus for the siege, who Haloi Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim was put under siege many times. Rakatam The reason why the city was under siege for two and a half years, on that day." That Melech Babel laid siege on Yerushalayim down here. That's when the Bezdin Shalmaila sat down and convened. Kajborah gave us more time. They made a new yeshiva's Bezden. They made a new decision. When will, when will Yerushalayim be destroyed? There were people that were uh, the, the, on the right that were promoting Yushalayim and Masmilim, and they're on the left that were arguing for the destruction. and until, it took two and a half years that. Obviously, there was things going on in the world. People were doing Averis, they weren't doing Tshuva. Then the left <coughs> overcame V'nechaf habayis. V'hineh. Now he says like this, In l'chashona. We know there's no year. She'en me'chaverta. That each year gets worse than the next. The galdarshal and nivna biyama and mikdash killer nakrabiyam ba every generation that the base and is not built is as if it was destroyed. Nimsa. She bagal shaneh is shaneh mischadish charben that means every year there's a new carbon taking place. With the base and mikdash not being built it's being destroyed. The bagol pam so that means that in every year, Asar that the day of Asar Batevis arrives, that we know in the time of the Kharbin Bes Mikdash, that's when the Bezdin was convened to decide should the Kharbin happen. Every year on Asar Batavis, the Bezdin Shal is convened. Shana they decide should the Basin Mikdash be built this year? Or should it not be built this year? It starts on Asar B'tevis. So that is when every single year the Abed and Shalmah sits on this. With Davos and Marumans, with Sefer, Karnayim, with Kabbalah Sefer. Viyaduah. Shall tzara that and uh, on, on, on something that happened already, side and on a we don't fast on Shabbos. let's say someone has a scary dream and he wants to fast so to, to atone for it so that it shouldn't happen, you're allowed to fast for that on Shabbos. Tainus Khalim, you're allowed to fast on Shabbos. Why? Because that gives you an einig. That gives you pleasure to know that you're doing something about a tzara that's about to happen. You're doing something to protect yourself, so it's equivalent to the einig of eating. It's more geschmack for you to fast. So to be able to, to avert that decree, then to, then to eat. That you're allowed to fast for. The, to stop the sorrow that's happening? That's only because of the past fact that the basic HaMictus was destroyed. That won't be the We have the ability, when we fast on the tzara to avert the decree for this coming year. Tisha is too late already. Once the Tisha B'Av it's already been decreed. It's already been fi- finished. It's been settled. The, the Bezich HaMailah has already passed the decree. The left has won. And this year is going to be a year of destruction as last year was and as the previous year was. But Ansar Betavis is still up in the air. It's still in the future. It can still be decided. That's why we fast, even if it's on Shabbos, because something, we're, we're fasting in order to accomplish something. We're fasting in order to try to sway the decision of the, of the Bez and Therefore, fasting is actually more pleasurable for us than eating. So fascinating chasam sefer. And it just, this brings it all together. Why Asara B'teves is, in a way, the most central of all the tanaisim, the most relevant to us as a tainus, which means it's a tainus that if we fast and we appreciate what it, sta- what it stands for, it can actually literally accomplish something major. It can cause to sway the Bezich And that was what a always was. A serba was when the Bezich uh, convened, but it was also the time when Kali Yisrael was given that final chance. Are you gonna do something about this or not? The Shekhinah left, but the Shekhinah is waiting it out. It's waiting for you to do tshuva. So the, the Sarabhatevis was always that Zman that Akkadaj said the full potential for Kharbat just happened. What are you gonna do about it now? Are you gonna do anything about it or right now? And then Shiva then Hamas is, is when it, it's finalized. And then Tishabhav is when it just it plays out. But but the, the point of in history when something can be done is a Sarabhatevis. And that, according to Chazam Sayper, happens every year. And we have that opportunity every year. To try to do tshuva, and to do something special on us, so as to see if we can sway a Kajabrocha decision that this year will be a different year and Mashiach Sakana will come. Thank you.